Hello, listeners. Welcome to The Point Being, Ipsos's public polling podcast. Today is February 12th, 2020, Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and this is episode 95. I'm Sarah Mackey, joined as always with Chris Jackson, host, and Jing Yi, our executive producer. Hi, everyone. What do we have going on in the world today? Oh, not much. Just an election. No, no big deal. Uh, it's been a, not quite as busy as last week, which was had enough events for half of a year mm-hmm. on its own. It's a little less uh, less going on this year, but we have the New Hampshire election happen last night. The New Hampshire Democratic primary. Uh, we have some more data f- with our partners at five thirty eight. Uh, and we have a lot of interesting stuff to get through. So you just want to dive in, start talking about the Reuters Ipsos core political? Yeah, let's start with that. All right. So the core political is holding pretty steady. Most Americans think the country is off on the wrong track. President Trump's approval rate is at 41%, uh, which is pretty much in line with where we've had him for the last two years or so. If you're tracking sort of the minute changes, we had him at 42 last week, 41 this week. So... Went from 39 to 42, up a little bit, down a little bit now to 41. Uh, If you look at the public polls that are out there, you see Trump may have gotten a little bit of a bump from the impeachment acquittal and all the sort of mess happening in the Democratic primary. But that doesn't look like it's really sustained and his approval rating is reverting back to where it has been. Um, But impeachment, even though it's done, is still, I think, uh, making a really interesting mark on sort of the American psyche. We just released this morning our final poll with 538 tracking public opinion on impeachment. Sarah, what what interesting highlights are there from that survey? Mm -hmm. So this is our sixth wave uh, with the impeachment tracker where we're going back to the same people and talking to them. And um, more than half of Americans still think that President Trump did commit an impeachable offense. Mm -hmm. Um, And they do, and half again, disapprove of the Senate voting to acquit him. Um, Nearly two-thirds say it was a bad use of Congress's time. And 35% of those who say that uh, say that it is because it distracted Congress from more important issues. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, though, once we look at um, the presidential election, less than one in five say the impeachment will hurt his chances of re-election. But it has made nearly half of Americans more li- more likely to vote in the presidential, Senate, and House elections this year. Mm-hmm. So it looks like coming away from this, America, despite the president and Republican claims of him being exonerated don't really feel like he is, in fact, innocent despite the fact that Mm -hmm. the Senate acquitted him of charges. And I think that the cloud of impeachment and the cloud of the events that led up to the impeachment will continue to sort of hover over the president, hover over Washington, and potentially, like you just cited, drive turnouts in November. And it'll really come down to, is it make Democrats so, so angry they show up, or does it make Republicans so so well angry as well mm-hmm. that they show up to defend the president. It's it's an open question right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen throughout his whole entire presidency just a strong support from his base, mm-hmm. which it can't be really touched by anything that comes out. So I think that it's pretty in line to say that less than one in five think that it will hurt his chances of reelection. Yeah, yeah. And there's some other data that came out recently in another poll uh, that suggests most. Most Americans expect Trump to be reelected now. About mm-hmm. two thirds of Americans expect his reelection, uh, which isn't to say that two thirds want his reelection. It's only about forty percent say that he should be reelected. Uh, but there is, I think, a certain 
uh, fatalism with Democrats now who, despite wanting him out of office, are feeling perhaps discouraged. And to get into that a little bit more, let's turn to our Reuters Ipsos Democratic Election Tracker. We just released our most recent survey on Monday, mm-hmm. a little bit of a preview before New Hampshire. So this has essentially the Iowa caucus re- results sort of baked into how people are considering things. Uh, what did we see in our Democratic primary tracker? So this is nationally, uh, not with New Hampshire. And so the poll shows Biden losing ground, and uh, he has fallen behind Sanders, who took the lead. So Sanders um, is now our national mm-hmm. frontrunner. Yep. All right. That's that's a big noteworthy event. It is. And also um, noteworthy is Mayor Bloomberg coming in at a close third. Mike so, Bloomberg picking up a lot of traction. So he has um, beaten out both Buttigieg and Warren. Uh, Warren is trailing slightly behind in fourth, and uh, Buttigieg then comes in after her. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're seeing both Sanders and Bloomberg coming up while uh, Biden slowly is lowering down with um, his electoral uh, intentions. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, despite sort of winning Iowa mm-hmm. has seen an uptick in his national poll numbers but has certainly not climbed anything close to a front runner status or Definitely position not. but Mike Bloomberg with his hundreds of millions of dollars of advertising across the country has been able to actually build some strength particularly as Biden has lost ground it really looks like mm-hmm. uh, Bloomberg has has benefited from that the most mm-hmm. as, as Biden the former front runner has lost position yeah we'll see what happens once we get the, these um, initial primaries and caucuses without any Bloomberg presence kind of in those areas and getting into um, more nationally focused mm-hmm. once Super Tuesday happens that's exactly right. And then we'll have our next tracker for this on Monday, four or five days from now, which will have the results from New Hampshire baked in. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get to enjoy that for a couple of days before the Nevada caucuses, which will take place a week from Saturday, I believe. Um, I think that's right. Uh, Okay. So then New Hampshire, of course, last night... Uh, certainly seems to have sort of shook up the calculus of what was what was people were expecting. Bernie Sanders won uh, the New Hampshire primary, much like people expected. Mm-hmm. He actually got almost exactly what the polls were showing, which is you know, yay, polls are accurate sometimes. Um, uh, Mayor uh, Mayor Pete uh, ended up in second. Mm-hmm. Did a little bit better than people thought from his polls, but was more or less in line. But the real sort of surprise third place showing was Senator Amy Klobuchar, mm-hmm. who uh, going into the election was registering at somewhere 10, 11, 12 percent uh, in the New Hampshire polling, but came out with about 20% of the vote, so did really well compared to where people thought she was. Um, and a lot of people are pointing at the debate that happened on Friday night as the reason why Senator Klobuchar was able to, to mount such a big comeback. We actually have data on that debate from our partnership with 538. Sarah, what did that uh, that debate poll show us about the debate that maybe suggests if that 
Clomentum thing is real or not. I haven't heard that. Clomentum? Oh, it's all over the place. It's That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, we, we pulled before and after the debate. So mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing um, people before and after any kind of intention switches there. Um, so Sanders was seen as having the strongest performance in the debate, but that's also followed closely by Klobuchar and Buttigieg. So mm-hmm. we see the top performers in New Hampshire right there as having the strongest performance in the debate. Now, this was a national sample, even though the debate was held in mm-hmm. New Hampshire. Exactly. Um, and we're talking about the New Hampshire uh, election results, but it does suggest that even nationally that this final debate lined up with how the vote ended up going. Mm-hmm. And um, people considering voting for Biden dropped five points following the debate and his favorability fell six. Um, Buttigieg and Klobuchar saw increases in their voting intentions um, and also increases in their net favorability. So we're seeing drops in uh, voting intentions and uh, favorability for Biden, whereas we're seeing increases in favorability and voting intentions for Klobuchar. So this might actually be a debate where the results of the debate, the debate performance impacted, really impacted what happened in the an election closely following it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be the case. That's fascinating because rarely do you see debates actually have a significant impact. But then again, rarely are there debate debates four days before an election. Exactly. But nonetheless, Klobuchar still trails Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg in perceived ability to beat Trump by at least ten points. Right, and and despite Amy Klobuchar's surprising third place in New Hampshire, she's still well, well behind in the national polling. Mm-hmm. Um, in somewhere between fifth and seventh place, depending on the specific poll, um, suggesting she has a lot of ground that she still needs to make up, mm-hmm. potentially in less hospitable states like Nevada and South Carolina. And then even Super Tuesday is primarily clustered in the big coastal states in the south. So those states aren't even going to be terribly friendly to her for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. And then we also saw some dropouts some knockouts of the Democratic primary That's true. We're seeing some winnowing, finally. Mm -hmm. We have Andrew Yang, um, who got 1% in Iowa, 3% in New Hampshire. He has uh, called it quits. That's right. He dropped out last night. And Deval Patrick. Dropped out today. And Michael Bennett. That's right. Dropped out last night as well. None of these were registering really significant support Mm -hmm. nationally. Um, But, you know, Andrew Yang particularly had a very committed online base. Mm -hmm. We'll have to see if that group moves to Bernie Sanders or Buttigieg or Klobuchar, perhaps, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe even Bloomberg. Or Steyer. Or Steyer, yeah. Because at this point, you know, even little shifts might change the trajectory of the race because it is such a toss-up at the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can say that there is a clear front runner. Sanders is in the best position at the moment with mm-hmm. a sort of win in Iowa and a win in New Hampshire and now leading in the national polls. But as New Hampshire suggests, he's not really overperforming. He's not blowing people out of the water. So there is still a lot of space for Bloomberg or Buttigieg or Klobuchar to to start consolidating support and potentially challenge for the nomination. In fact, 538's new odds suggest there's a one in three chance that it goes to a convention, and it's a contested convention, which is mm-hmm. political uh, political junkies' dream. 
We'll have to see where it goes. We'll, we'll continue to follow to see where it goes. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so that is it for this week. It's a little bit of a quieter week, polling-wise, but we will be back on Monday with more Democratic primary stuff, next Wednesday with the Reuters Ipsos core political tracker, uh, and lots of other fascinating research. So see you again next week. Bye, everyone.